European Hearts Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 37, Issue 43, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Luscher. Frontiers in Precision Medicine, Genes and Their Modulation by MIRNAs. Precision medicine is the vision of utilizing genetic information to discover individual disease mechanisms to better characterize patients at risk and to focus treatments and interventions on those truly in need. One might argue that we already do so by obtaining family history, lifestyle habits, including smoking, and by measuring blood pressure, LDL cholesterol, and plasma glucose, as recommended by practice guidelines. However, it is obvious that some smokers never get a tumour or an infarct, even some with familial hypercholesterolemia are protected from atherosclerosis, and certain diabetics never get renal failure, the so-called Helmut-Schmidt or Winston Churchill syndrome. Precision medicine, among others, attempts to characterise the genetic background that determines the susceptibility or resistance to cardiovascular risk factors and eventually the propensity to develop major cardiovascular events. We recently learned that gene transcription and translation is modulated by a vast number of so-called microRNAs. MicroRNAs have been measured in plasma in many conditions, but may be more important in critical issues regulating metabolisms, circulatory control, inflammatory heart disease, and eventually for clinical outcome. The liver is crucial for metabolic regulation, and thus the review Liver MicroRNAs, Potential Mediators and Biomarkers for Metabolic and Cardiovascular Disease, authored by Manuel Mayer and colleagues from King's College London in the UK, is a timely update on the subject. The authors summarise the rapidly evolving knowledge about liver microRNAs, such as MIR33, 33-star, 22, 30C, 144, 148A, 24, 29, and 122, and their role in hepatic lipid metabolism, metabolic syndrome, and type 2 diabetes, and in turn atherosclerosis and cardiovascular disease, as well as in non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. MIR 122 has the greatest potential as a biomarker as it represents the most abundant and most specific liver miRNA. MIR-122 plays a central role in lipid and glucose homeostasis and is detachable in serum and plasma and may therefore represent a novel biomarker for cardiovascular and metabolic diseases. Genetics also play an important role in coronary heart disease but the clinical utility of genomic risk scores relative to currently used scores, such as the SCORE risk charts of the European Society of Cardiology or the Framingham risk score, has so far been disappointing. In a fast-track manuscript, Genomic Prediction of Coronary Heart Disease, Michael Inouye and colleagues from the University of Melbourne in Parkville, Australia, aims to construct and externally validate a coronary heart disease genomic risk score in terms of lifetime coronary heart disease risk and relative to traditional clinical risk scores. They based their score on 49,310 SNPs 
derived from the cardiogram plus C4D consortium meta-analysis of coronary heart disease and independently tested it using five prospective population cohorts, such as three FinRisk cohorts encompassing 12,679 individuals with 757 incident coronary events, as well as two Framingham Heart Study cohorts containing 3,406 subjects with 587 coronary events. The genomic risk score was strongly associated with incident coronary heart disease with a hazard ratio of 1.74 in the FinRisk cohort and 1.28 in the Framingham. Of note, its predictive value remained largely unchanged by adjustment for traditional risk factors including family history. Integration of the genomic risk score with the Framingham score, or ACC-AHA13 scores, improved 10-year coronary risk prediction with a C-index of 1.5 to 1.6%, particularly for individuals 60 years or older, where the C-index averaged 4.6 to 5.1%. Importantly, the genomic score captured different trajectories of absolute risk, with men in the top 20% of attaining 10% cumulative coronary risk 12 to 18 years earlier than those in the bottom 20%. High genomic risk was partially compensated for by low systolic blood pressure, low cholesterol level, and non-smoking. The authors conclude that a genomic risk score based on a large number of SNPs substantially improves coronary risk prediction and encodes different trajectories of lifetime risk not captured by traditional clinical risk scores. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial authored by Benjamin A. Goldstein from Duke University in Durham, North Carolina, USA. Genes are particularly important in patients with cardiomyopathies, both for diagnosis and family screening. The recent ESC guidelines on cardiomyopathies assign genetic testing a class 1 level B recommendation in patients with hypertrophy. As the genetic burden here is primarily monogenetic in nature, gene therapy remains a realistic future treatment option. In a subsequent EHJ brief communication, Genomic Correction of Familial Cardiomyopathy in Human Engineered Tissues, Roger J. Hayar and colleagues from the Mount Sinai in New York, USA, use three-dimensional human-engineered cardiac tissue technology to directly show that PLN-R14-DEL mutation impairs cardiac contractility and that contractile properties can be restored with targeted genetic correction of this inheritable form of dilated cardiomyopathy. Furthermore, genetic mutations can also affect large blood vessels, such as the aorta. Romy Franken and colleagues from the Academic Medical Center in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, address this issue in their paper Genotype Impact Survival in Marfan Syndrome. To that end, they prospectively collected clinical and genetic data from all 570 adults with Marfan Syndrome who have been included in the Dutch Concor Registry with a mean age of 37 years and followed them up for 8 years. Aortic surgery at baseline was noted in 38% of men and only in 19% of women, and during follow-up in 24% and 15% respectively.
After 10 years, survival was 93.8%, and dissection-free survival 84.2%. A pathogenic FBN1 mutation was present in two-thirds of the patients, of whom 41% were positive for a mutation causing haploinsufficiency, i.e. reduced fibrillin-1 protein, and 59% for a mutation leading to a dominant negative effect, i.e. abnormal fibrillin-1 protein. Corrected for age, sex, and previous aortic complications, patients with a haploinsufficient mutation had a 2.5-fold higher risk for cardiovascular death, a 2.4-fold higher risk for death and dissection, and a 1.6-fold higher risk for any aortic complication compared to patients with a dominant negative mutation. The authors conclude that Marfan syndrome patients with a haploinsufficient mutation are at a markedly increased risk compared to those with a dominant negative mutation. The implications of these results are discussed in a thoughtful editorial by Bart L. Lois from the Antwerp University Hospital in Belgium. Exercise intolerance is common in people with heart failure and preserved ejection fraction the so-called HFPEF. Right ventricular dysfunction has been shown at rest in HFPEF, but little data is available regarding dynamic right ventricular pulmonary artery coupling during exercise. In their paper, Abnormal Right Ventricular Pulmonary Artery Coupling with Exercise in Heart Failure with Preserved Ejection Fraction, Barry A. Borlaug and colleagues from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, USA, studied this issue further. 50 subjects with HFPEF and 24 healthy controls prospectively underwent invasive cardiopulmonary exercise testing using high-fidelity micro-manometer catheters, along with simultaneous assessment of right ventricular and left ventricular mechanics by echocardiography. Compared to controls at rest, subjects with HFPEF displayed preserved right ventricular systolic and diastolic mechanisms, i.e. right ventriculars and E, impaired left ventriculars and E, higher biventricular filling pressures and higher pulmonary artery pressures. On exercise, subjects with heart failure and preserved ejection fraction displayed less increase in stroke volume, heart rate and cardiac output, CO with blunted increase in CO relative to O2 consumption, VO2. Enhancement in right ventricular systolic and diastolic function on exercise was impaired in HFPEF compared to controls. Exercise-induced pulmonary artery vasodilation was also reduced in HFPEF and associated with greater pulmonary venous hypoxia. Elevations in biventricular filling pressures and limitations in cardiac output reserve were strongly correlated with abnormal enhancement in ventricular mechanics in the right ventricular and left ventricular during stress. The authors conclude that in addition to limited left ventricular reserve, patients with HFPEF display impaired right ventricular reserve during exercise that is associated with high filling pressures and inadequate cardiac output responses. These findings highlight the importance of biventricular dysfunction in HFPEF and suggest that novel therapies targeting myocardial reserve in both the right and left heart 
may be effective to improve symptoms. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.